In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Dear family, on this feast day of the great Pope St. Gregory the Great, he really was great. My understanding that he's, is that he's one of only four popes to have that identification, great. So on this feast day of Pope St. Gregory the Great, let us have the focus of our meditation be on the Psalm Antiphon. To the Lord belongs the earth and all that fills it. You know, Jesus proved that in the gospel, didn't he? Hey, those fish are mine. That belongs to me. To the Lord belongs the earth and all that fills it. And when the disciples listened to the Lord, their nets were filled. There's a lesson there for all of us. Listen to the Lord first. That's how our nets get full. So on this feast day, there are two bits of really great news to share with you, to buoy up your spirit, to, to give you hope amidst the continued crazy going on out there. It is continuing. I just got back from Michigan where you could not go anywhere without the face mask. So on this day, there's this feast day of great St. Gregory the Great. There are two bits of really good news to share with you, to buoy up your spirit. The first really great news, which in light of all that we've had to go through for the past six months, goes beyond merely great news to shocking news and should open the eyes of all the many, the many who simply do not believe the wisdom of the psalmist. Sing praise to my God while I live. Put no trust in princes and children of Abraham, Adam, powerless to save, who breathing his last returns to the earth. That's what happens. To all of us, we return to the earth. Put no trust in princes and children of Abraham. Blessed the one whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the seas and all that is in them, including those fish that we heard about in the gospel, who keeps faith forever. Blessed is the one who keeps the faith forever, no matter what. In other words, that is, as is put even more simply, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our help, our, our hope is in the Lord. We can't get, look around the world. There's not much. The world is kind of a rough place. Our hope isn't in the world. Our hope isn't in our temporal life. Let's live a long life. Our hope is in the Lord. So the first bit of great news is actually actually shocking news in light of what we endured for the last six months. It puts it in perspective. The CDC now has revised its actual count of deaths due to COVID down to just 9,120. And for those of you who did not hear this yet, it bears repeating. The CDC, the scientists, the doctors, the modelers, have revised their actual count of deaths due to COVID down to just 9,120. Not the 161,392 that previously was reported. In fact, a number that daily was ramped up to scare the faith and the liberty out of us. Not 161,392, but only 9,120. 9, I didn't make it up. It's on their website. Here's another way to look at it. Published research on the CDC website, their own scientists, 
shows that only 6% of COVID deaths, alleged COVID deaths, that, that have been being reported, were only 6% were actually caused by COVID alone. 94% of COVID, allegedly COVID deaths, had an average of, listen to this, 2.6 comorbidities. Well, you remember that story? That, that guy out in Colorado, 0.55, twice the, twice the lethal limit of alcohol. <laughs> that was a comorbidity, all right. And recall again today's Psalm Antiphon, to the Lord belongs the earth and all that fills it, and then realize what all those CDC numbers mean. It means that of the 161,392 COVID deaths that the media has been bludgeoning us with every day for six months, it stirred up an unimaginable fear amongst the many who do not understand to the Lord belongs the earth and all that fills it, who do not understand that their help, even in the face of a real pandemic, not this fake fear-demic, who do not understand that their help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. It means all those huge numbers that the media have been using to stir up this unimaginable fear amongst us that, that has been used to exploit the many's fear, the faithless fear, and thus control every aspect of our lives. You know, when you look at the, not the 161,392 actual COVID, allegedly COVID deaths, only 9,210 were legitimately COVID deaths. In other words, statistically speaking, let's sound like a scientist now, statistically speaking, your chances of not dying from COVID were 99.96%. And even more amazing than that of the 9,210 deaths, 90% of them were in people of advanced stage, which means my blessed dear children, you're not at risk. And yet, even knowing all this, so many reports still trumpet the fear-demic because as they have proven, if we, they have, if they've proven anything over the last six months, it is, is if you can scare people enough, you can control people. And without faith, your family Without that hope we have in the Lord, we will be afraid. When you see fear, you have to wonder, well, where's your faith? What's that sign say over there? Don't let your fear be greater than your, something like that, be greater than your faith. Remember that. Somebody gave that to me. That's an amazing sign. Before you, do you walk out this door here? As you walk out the door, look at that sign. Do not let your fear be greater than your faith. They scare people. They scare people. They've scared 330 million Americans into anti-social distancing. I've got a, a beloved family of mine went to, went to a restaurant out in Seattle. There's seven of them, five kids. Can you imagine that? They always get bad stares out there. They, five kids and the two parents, and they had to sit at separate tables because it exceeded, it exceeded the limit of five. What has this fear-demic caused to have happen here in the United States and around the world, this fear-demic? They've scared ordinary Americans into living out the Russian error by setting up hotlines now to tattle on those who do not conform. Oh, they were really, Michigan, they were really mean to me. 
Your family as a renowned priest just said to me, we've all been suckered, but all glory be to God. The truth is revealing the lie. And sadly, more than that, it is revealing the lack of faith of those who just readily bought into the lie, of those who do not believe, who genuinely don't believe. The Lord, to the Lord belongs the earth and all that fills it, who do not believe that our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. The good news is that we now know beyond any shadow of a doubt that we have been suckered, which brings us to the second bit of great news. Some do get it. You've heard me say before, at least 24 to 25 times, how grateful we should be that Bishop Callahan always, always, always kept the Diocese of La Crosse open and allowed the priests of this diocese to serve the people, to serve the faithful. And for that reason, for that reason, I have repeatedly and publicly commended Bishop Callahan. Now the great news is that Bishop Callahan and the other four bishops of Wisconsin have done something that, to my knowledge, is ahead of every other state in the union. The five bishops of Wisconsin have restored the Holy Mass obligation. They restored the truth that our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth, and we, the faithful, must give our maker due worship as he has commanded us. You know, unfortunately, just briefly, there seems to have been a grave misunderstanding of the dispensation of the obligation in the first place, such that in the original restoration of limited return to Holy Mass, we see the disastrous effects of the lockdown and lockout in the horrifically low number who actually did then return. As you know, before the fear-demic daily bludgeoned us all into submission, not everyone, the truly faithful, no, they understood that sign. Their fear wasn't greater than their faith. Before the fear-demic bludgeoned so many of us into submission, all based on knowingly false numbers, only about 25% of baptized Catholics even then bothered to come to the holy sacrifice of the Mass. So can we really be surprised that when the Holy Mass was restored, I've heard that something like only 8% have returned. Oh, dear family, eternal souls are at risk. If you wonder why I get so, feel so strongly about this, it's because eternal souls are at risk. How is it that only 8% have returned? Let's ask ourselves why, why is this? Well, the answer is found in two inconvenient truths. Firstly, who can deny that amongst even the 25% who used to come, that there is some sense in, of an animosity was engendered by a genuine sense of abandonment? Your family, if, if I were laity and was ordered not to come to the holy sacrifice of the mass, if my church that I had been supporting all my life locked me out, I'd be lost. I have a hard enough time as it is trying to be... <laughs> however unsuccessfully, trying to be holy. Without the holy sacrifice of the Mass, I'd be lost. If I were laity, where would I be? I'd be lost because there is only one holy sacrifice of the Mass and there is no other. I'd be lost because there is one and only one holy Eucharist and it's in the Catholic Church and there is no other and I'd be lost without it. It's a bread of life. So that'd be first reason why maybe some of this 25% haven't come back is a feeling of total abandonment. 
being denied the Holy Mass, the sacraments, the reception of the bread of life, the real presence, the Holy Eucharist. Secondly, a second reason why only 8% returned may be that a de facto non-essentialness was inculcated by the lockout in so many places. And an equivalency, a seeming equivalency, was established between coming to Holy Mass and receiving the Eucharist and just staying at home, doing that spiritual communion. You know, it is the convenient truth, about, inconvenient truth about human nature, which is, is just to take the easy way, to take the easy road. So if I, perfectly healthy, can sit on my sofa and watch TV, I'm not going to easily change that attitude and make the effort to actually come to Mass. I'll just watch it on TV. Well, thanks be to God, the obligation to attend, to actually show up at Holy Mass, is restored in Wisconsin in September. But keep in mind, dear family, no bishop ever can eliminate the obligation of the third commandment any more than he can eliminate the obligation of the fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill, or the sixth, thou shalt not commit adultery, take your pick. Or watch most pertinently, they cannot eliminate the first commandment. I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt not have strange gods before me. The Ten Commandments, including number three, keep holy the Lord's day, are immutable. They are unchanged and unchangeable. Thus, keeping the Lord's day holy all 24 hours never went away. It never went away, 24 hours. So... If anyone out there played fast and loose with that one, run, don't walk to confession, to avail yourself of our hope in his divine mercy. So given the first bit of great news that the fear-demic was forced upon us by fake numbers, the second bit of great news is that the bishops of Wisconsin, including our own Bishop William Patrick Callahan, pretty much have led the nation in restoring the obligation to keep the Lord's Day holy by actually coming to the Holy Mass. Which brings us to the great saint of today, St. Gregory the Great. St. Gregory essentially wrote a book entitled Pastoral Care. Here it is, right there. So it's called pa Pastoral Care. This great saint and doctor of the church wrote a book instructing priests on how to be a good pastor. I could stand to reread it several more times in my lifetime. He's great for a reason. His instruction is amazing. But I did the math this morning. <laughs> I couldn't make this up. Of its 213 pages, see, it's not that long. Of its 213 pages, fully 136 of those pages, about 64%, are entitled, all the various chapters are entitled, How to Admonish Certain People. So way back then, way back in St. Gregory the Great's time, one of our seven spiritual works of mercy was firmly in this great saint's mind. It is a brilliant instruction that everyone, not just me, everyone would benefit from reading. So I highly encourage you to do so because it's not just the pastors that have to deal with the issues. It's, it's all of you who constantly face, you the faithful, who constantly face error-filled people out there Errors even in the ones you love. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Some of the most poignant lamentations that are given to me are those from family who, whose other members of the family that they love have left the faith, have abandoned the faith. There's, this book is right on point. Get it, read it. 
pastoral care by Pope St. Gregory the Great, St. Doctor, Doctor of the Church. This would be a great book to guide you in these very troubled times. So let us now call upon this great saint's intercession. Pope St. Gregory the Great, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.